On yesterday's podcast, we looked at reasons for optimism coming out of the Bears' win over the Commanders and why they might be able to keep some of that success rolling. Today, I want to take the other approach and look at why tough times may still be ahead. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Oren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel, to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And on the show today, I want to look at signs of, hey, maybe things aren't all figured out just yet, that this team does still have a lot to prove. It's not to say that they won't be able to sustain some of the success that they had against the Commanders, but why maybe we shouldn't get our hopes up too high just yet until this team can really more consistently prove that they're turning a corner to us instead of just beating a fairly bad Washington Commanders team and, of course, only almost beating a pretty bad Denver Broncos team. I want to start with the offense and and an interesting thing where it's a good problem to have that DJ Moore has been so good, but really I want to look beyond that. The Bears offense has been a little bit DJ Moore focused, and eventually teams might start to clamp down on that and somebody else is going to have to step up and the offense is going to have to find other ways to be successful besides 100-plus yard games from DJ Moore. I also want to look at this Bears defense still being surprisingly vulnerable against a not-great Washington Commanders offense after blowing it against the Denver Broncos as well. And even though they held them to only 20 points, there's still some signs of weakness underneath what the scoreboard actually said. And then I also want to look ahead to like, hey, also just in general, the quality of opponents is going to get better, even even beyond what their win-loss records might say in terms of how these teams match up with the Chicago Bears. But I want to start with this offense because things have been clicking the last two games against the Denver Broncos and the Washington Commanders. Justin Fields looks confident, calm, collected, decisive, effective as a quarterback. And that has been you know, not contingent on the receiver that he's throwing to. Like, he, he looked calm, collected, throwing to everybody that he's throwing to in this offense. It's, I mean, he started 16-16, and those passes were going to a lot of different players against the Denver Broncos. But this Bears offense has largely been focused on, predicated on, and carried by the success of DJ Moore the last two weeks. Against Denver, it was eight catches for 131 yards and a score. And against Washington, It was another eight catches for 230 yards and three touchdowns. And that's been great. And that's everything we've wanted to see. We wanted to see the Bears get DJ Moore more involved in the offense, make him more of a focal point of this offense. But it does feel like, especially against the commanders, like there was a certain reliance on DJ Moore where it felt like they weren't getting much else from very many other players, particularly in the receiving game, right? Like the Bears have still been able to run the ball pretty effectively with Herbert, with Roshan Johnson, although both guys are injured, so it might be Dante Foreman. I'm not as worried. Like they should still be able to run the ball, plus Fields as a runner as well. But like against the Commanders, 
No other Chicago Bears wide receivers caught a pass in that game. Cole Clement had five catches for 42 yards. Robert Tanya had a couple of catches. But, like, it wasn't like Darnell Mooney was out there balling or, you know, Equinemius St. Brown was out there balling. Like, even, even against the, the Denver Broncos the week before, like, Darnell Mooney had four catches for 51 yards. That was, that was fine. But really, like, your number two option right now has been Cole Komet, you know, and that's, that's fine. But it just seems to me like as you go through the schedule here, and we'll get into some of the specific teams in a little bit, but, like, good defensive coordinators kind of figure out what you're good at and try and take that away. We've seen teams be successful at trying to, you know, if there's a number one receiver out there, whether it's straight up double teaming him or putting your number one corner on him in shadow coverage or, you know, doing a little bit more cloud coverage, there's different things you can do defensively to try and take a weapon away. And certainly then if you do that defensively, it leaves you vulnerable to being attacked then in other areas because you're committing so much attention or, you know, manpower towards trying to stop that one receiver or that one weapon and the Bears will still need to sort of, again, prove, reprove that they can win without a monster performance from DJ Moore because the offense really hasn't been able to do anything consistently this season except for in the two games when DJ Moore has monster performances. And as good as DJ Moore is, and as much as I like DJ Moore as a player, he can't do 230 yards every week. He can't even do 150 yards every week. I mean, he's a guy who... See, over the course of his career, he averages 67 yards per game. And in, in Carolina, it was 65 yards per game exactly over those few seasons. So, you know, over the course of the year, you're going to average back out something closer to that number in an average game. And can the Bears get enough elsewhere going on offense to step up and produce at a high level? We saw it for a stretch last season when guys like Equinemius St. Brown and like Dante Pettis would randomly have a big catch for a touchdown. And like when they didn't have weapons, they were able to find different ways to make it work. They need to be able to do that again. And they still need to prove to us again that they can do it. I'm a big Darnell Mooney fan and I have a lot of faith in Darnell Mooney as a player and someone who I trust. I mean, he's been a thousand yard guy. I think he is still underrated as a wide receiver. And I want to be the one who sits here and says, oh yeah, if they take away DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney is going to go off for, you know, 100 plus yards. Like he's a guy who has done that before, but he only has 100 yards receiving on the year. He only has eight catches on the year in five games. And this is not to be critical of even of Darnell Mooney. To me, this is not a Darnell Mooney problem. It's not that I don't think Darnell Mooney is capable. It's that I need to see the Bears offense be capable of getting him involved and having a successful passing attack through him if teams are going to be able to do more to take away DJ Moore. I don't think Cole Komet is enough of a difference maker and a playmaker at a tight end. I think he has benefited from DJ Moore's success the last couple of games. He's been the primary benefactor of that. And maybe that's a sign that they can also put Darnell Rooney in a position to have some of that like the beneficiate. What's the, what's the verb there to have to have the noun there to have the benef, the benefit. Wow. <laughs> to have the benefit. That's the word I was looking for to have the benefit of yes. DJ Moore gets all this attention. Somebody else, make a play and have other people be effective in this offense. Darnell Mooney is fully capable of that, but I need to see the Bears offense like really put him in that position to be successful. Because like all of a sudden with Chase Claypool off the team and he was struggling anyway, it's not like he got a bunch of depth at pass catcher, right? We like more, we like Mooney. Then at wide receiver, it's a bunch of guys who got a lot to prove. St. Brown, Tyler Scott, Bayless Jones, nothing really proven there. At tight end, 
we kind of know what Cole Komet is and isn't at this point. He's not like a difference maker per se, but a guy who's going to be in the right place at the right time and can catch it and, you know, is big body, like, sure. But, you know, they don't have, like, dynamic game changers at tight end exactly right now either. So, like, they, the Bears have to sort of still prove that, hey, if teams start to take away DJ Moore a little bit more, can this offense still be as effective at a high level as the quality of opponent goes up in that conversation? Same thing is going to be a problem with this defense, too, where if they start to take away DJ Moore and your defense starts giving up more than 20 points, that becomes yet another challenge. And so I want to look at where this defense still felt vulnerable, even in the win against the commanders and certainly in the fourth quarter blowout or the fourth quarter blow up and collapse against the Denver Broncos next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy football picks each week all season long. Whether you're preparing for a daily draft or just scouting the waiver wire, every week Vinny's going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny's picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. We've seen firsthand Baker Mayfield be, to the surprise of many people, a borderline fantasy football QB1 while enjoying one of his most efficient seasons as a, as a passer. Coming off of a Buccaneers bye week this past weekend, he should be back into a spot to need to pass for some higher volume in a matchup with Jared Goff and the Red Hot Detroit Lions at home. Mayfield's been locked on to a variety of receivers, and the Lions can sometimes struggle to target, or excuse me, start struggle to cover one of their top targets, Chris Godwin, as well as tight end Cade Otten. The Buccaneers might not be able to run that much on Detroit either, so there should be plenty of passing opportunities for Baker Mayfield on your fantasy team. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows that a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same thing is true for your vehicle. eBay Motors has over 122 million parts to make sure that your vehicle stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your car needs, eBay Motors has it. And the best part is with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or you get your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're, you're going to be pretty happy with those too. So keep your vehicle running at its absolute best. Put Get the right pieces for your championship ride at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Chicago Bears defense certainly made progress against the Washington Commanders. And we went through a lot of that progress on yesterday's podcast. Again, Sort of alternating the yesterday was the optimistic pro. Today's more the con and the I don't even want to say pessimistic. I never want to be pessimistic specifically in the podcast, but maybe more realistic. I don't know. Today's podcast is more like, hey, let's let's avoid future pain by not getting our hopes up unrealistically too far in the future. Right. Like, let's cautiously proceed forward and ask some realistic, real questions about the deficiencies that this team still has, including against the Washington Commanders defensively, where, again, you know, you give up 20 points against an opponent, you should generally be able to expect your offense to outscore an opponent if you only hold them to 20. So to, to that to that sense, the Bears defense, quote-unquote, you know, did enough, did its job, sort of. But it was not what I would call an overall, like, objectively strong defensive performance. It was strong for what we've seen from the Bears, but, like, it, that's sort of relative. And they still gave up almost 400 yards passing to Sam Howell. 
And I don't think Sam Howell is great. I think he's had some nice flashes this season. But it's not like a high-flying, high-powered offense this season that, you know, you were super worried about absolutely lighting you up because they've just been so good. Like, they they did get some some run going against the Philadelphia Eagles the week before, but also two weeks before that against the Bills, and they only put up three points. I mean, they, they have had their stretches of up and down and up and down. They had a bunch of turnovers in that game as well. Like, they're, they're an inconsistent offense. They have, they have some ceiling there, and they have some potential, but they've been inconsistent. And the Bears more have been, like, consistently... Uh, lower end in that regard. Like even in the second half of this game against the commanders, I think we all started to get some of that like uneasy stomach churning deja vu feeling that we had against the, the Denver Broncos the week before where it's like they open up the, the coming out of the, the halftime, you know, the, the, the commanders get the ball to start the second half drive down fairly easily with a couple of big passing plays for a two yard touchdown pass to Logan Thomas. And then a two point conversion after that. And all of a sudden it's 27, 11, the bears end up punting on their next drive and outside of a fumble on the second drive of the second half, that was the only time the Bears' offense fully stopped the Commanders. They got a field goal on the next drive, touchdown on the next drive. And then they, I guess they missed a field goal on the drive after that, which still got them into field goal range, drove almost 60 yards to get into field goal range. Like, they, they were not – the Bears weren't exactly uh, making it hard on the Commanders throughout the portion of that game. They got a couple key sacks and key turnovers, like – and that was progress, right? It's not to say there hasn't been progress from this Bears' defense – but all of this is happening against a commander's offense that just isn't really all that great. They don't have, you know, a, a bevy of great weapons to, to really challenge your back end. Of course, we like we all like Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson's been okay, but it's not like it's been a consistent high-flying offense when you got guys like Byron Pringle and Jamison Crowder out there. You know, their tight end group is okay. They abandoned the running game completely in this game, so the Bears didn't even have to focus on stopping the run. They could just sit back and pin their ears back and, and get after the quarterback there too. It, it was, it was not a, it was not a, it was not a very pretty, not a very pretty sight from an offense that they were going against in that game. Like it was just not super well coached and not super, uh, not super effective in terms of what's otherwise fairly simple from the bears on the back end. Like that in that game, it was almost all cover two and cover three. They were blitzing a little bit more from some of their cover three looks, but like for the most part, it's not like Matt Eberflus got crazy in terms of, coverage variability just yet. Like he still likes to stick to some of his base stuff and you know, they're going to start playing offensive lines that are a little better. And the, the commanders were particularly vulnerable on the interior there. Their center, Nick Gates got bullied by Andrew Billings at times, Justin Jeff or Justin Jones, but more like Demarcus Walker a few times. And the rookie Jervon Dexter had a really big game. We broke down the all 22 of that game exclusively for members of the locked on bears subtext group. If you want to join that link in the description there. So like, I think that helped too. Plus, Matt Eberflus might not blitz that much, like that much, every single week. He's not going to all of a sudden become a big-time blitzing coach just like that. And and we've seen, like, if you're already feeling shaky against the Commanders and you're already feeling shaky, you're seeing them be shaky in the second half against the Denver Broncos, two offenses that haven't done a ton consistently this season, how does that go when the offenses you're going against have better quarterbacks, better weapons, better coaching as we look, you know, a little bit later on ahead in the schedule, there's some good offenses that the Bears are going to have to deal with. And this pat, then this this Bears defense, while they're getting healthier, and are showing signs of progress, it, it is far from a particularly fixed defense. Like they need to really do it for four quarters. Like the first half against the Commanders, we saw a lot of good stuff there. They weren't getting, you know, totally run over too easily. They were making the Commanders earn their yards. And then in the second half, I think the Bears just defensively don't 
adjust enough and they start to figure out the main kind of coverage plan that the Bears are doing in that game, and then even guys like Sam Howell can still pass for almost 400 yards in spite of not scoring enough and, of course, turning the ball over a couple times. Certainly doesn't help there, but like things were still a little bit too easy for this commander's offense in that game. And we've seen, again, Russell Wilson have some of that success. Of course, Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, even Jordan Love. Like we've seen Jordan Love fall off since week one, but like it was too easy for him in week one. And it's not like this Bears defense has really changed a ton. If anything, they are getting healthier. And that's a good sign that things can start to improve and maybe they get a little bit more confidence as they settle into this defense. Again, it's not like they're going to be terrible and there's no hope or anything like that, but still going to have pass rush concerns. It's still the same pass rush. Still need to be able to get consistent pressure on the quarterback. Still need guys in the secondary to hold up, to make big plays, to try and, you know, if they can keep generating turnovers like that, you know, it starts to become a different story, but the Bears still need to prove it. And that's kind of the bigger point of today's podcast, right? It's not that, oh, hey, yes, we all know this team is is not very good, but also like if they can prove it over the course of the next couple of games and start together, start to string success together and build on what we've seen in the recent weeks, then you can start to have a little bit more confidence to say, okay, maybe they are getting better at this point. But until we start to see more of that, you know, we have to go in with low expectations and maybe we can be pleasantly surprised by this Bears defense the same way we've been pleasantly surprised by this Bears offense. The problem I think that I'm most concerned about is not so much the Bears doing things much differently, but their opponents doing things differently and essentially being higher quality of opponents. Even though the next two teams look like beatable teams, I think there's still some signs that maybe they're not, they are certainly beatable teams, but maybe they're not as quote unquote easy as they might look on paper or when you just glance at the schedule. But we'll look at what's in store with the Minnesota Vikings this week and the Las Vegas Raiders the following week next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical, makers of the Jace case. And the Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. It's a great way to make sure that you're always prepared no matter the situation. People have seen in recent months, like there's a shortages and you're not able to get the medication that you might need you know, when you're sick and you need it the most. It's super simple. You go online, you fill out a form, and then you get a prescription with that medication sent right to your door. It's peace of mind that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. It's simple. They handle everything, and they've got board-certified doctors always there to make sure that everything is running smoothly with ongoing consultation and care. So don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using our promo code Locked On at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code locked on. The Chicago Bears looked a lot better against the Denver Broncos and even more better, even more solid, even more consistent, finishing for four quarters against the Washington Commanders. But the road's going to get a little bit more rough from here. Now, keep in mind, the Denver Broncos have looked throughout this season as one of the worst teams in football. Their only win against the Chicago Bears, the worst defense in the NFL, and an offense that has struggled. And everyone's, everyone's. I mean, the, the sky is falling in Denver. Certainly, we don't have to rehash that the Denver Broncos are bad. The Washington Commanders are two and three, and people say, "Oh well, you know, they did play the Philadelphia Eagles really tight in overtime the week before." But their only two wins this season are the tanking Arizona Cardinals and the now tanking Denver Broncos. Otherwise, they got smoked by the Bills 
and lost to the Philadelphia Eagles and, of course, then lost to the Chicago Bears. So it's not like they're some proven really good team. They're also a team that has struggled to finish games and really look like a team that can play consistently for four quarters. Those are the two games the Bears have looked pretty good in. You know, they were maybe they had a whisper there against the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but again, the Packers and Chiefs pretty well handled business in those games. Now you go on to a Minnesota Vikings team that you again say, oh, well, they're one and four. The only team they've beat were the Carolina Panthers in week four. And the Carolina Panthers are winless. You know, they're, they're worse than the Chicago Bears in terms of the win-loss record right now. So the Minnesota Vikings must not be any good. So the Bears should be able to cruise through that game, right? And you get, right after that, you get a Las Vegas Raiders team that we've seen be pretty bad during stretch of the season. They lost to a bad Steelers team, certainly. They barely beat the Denver Broncos in week one. Like, they're unimpressive too. So now... Oh, can you start to can you start to string together like maybe the first back-to-back wins in the Matt Eberflus era? Dare I say three wins in a row? And and I say, well, maybe. Yes, these are beatable teams. These are much easier opponents for sure than the Kansas City Chiefs, probably than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Although the Vikings and Buccaneers played pretty close there throughout that game, although still the Buccaneers won that game, and certainly than the Green Bay Packers. But like, I, I'm not as convinced that the one in four Minnesota Vikings are terrible. The big X factor here is that Justin Jefferson is now on injured reserve, and that might be enough to really sway this game into the Chicago Bears' favor. When you take away the best wide receiver in the NFL, maybe this—I mean, second best, third, top three—at you know, t- you can debate Tyree Kill or whatever, but like one of the best wide receivers in the NFL and a future Hall of Famer in Justin Jefferson, that's a really big hit to the Minnesota Vikings, for sure. And the Bears should, in theory, still like be able to win this game. The point I want to make is that. I don't think they're as bad as their one and four record suggests. Look at the four teams that they've lost to this season. The Kansas City Chiefs this past week, who they played relatively close, 27-20. They lost to the Los Angeles Chargers, who we know can shoot it out with anybody. Maybe they're not great by any means, but like they're a team that's formidable. They put up a lot of points. Their defense has been bad, but they they can go you know shot for shot with anybody. They lost to the Philadelphia Eagles, one of the best teams in the NFC, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who we've also seen be formidable and look like they're on their way to either win their division or at least go on a potential playoff run. So, like, the Vikings' four losses have been to four teams that are that are quality opponents, right? They're, they have not lost to, like, a really—you know, they beat the, the Panthers, right? They're not losing to, like, the Broncos or the Cardinals or the Raiders. They're not, they're not losing to, like, teams that we think of as being bad. They're losing to teams that may—they may have lost to four playoff teams when it's all said and done. We'll see how things play out for the Chargers and the Bucks, but, like, four— contending potential teams is who they've lost to. And the main reason they lose these games is because they just can't stop turning the ball over. And it's not because Kirk Cousins isn't throwing well. He was leading the league in passing for a while. He might still be. I think he might have fallen off there. They're running okay with Alexander Madison and Cam Akers. Like, I don't think they're a great rushing team by any means, but it's like, but they've been efficient. They just haven't been running the ball a ton, but they're, but they're still offense that's moving the ball pretty well defensively under Todd, or not Todd Bowles, Brian Flores, excuse me, they blitz like crazy. The Bears have had some trouble against some of those blitzing defenses in the Buccaneers and the Chiefs this season. Like, And, and they still have some talent on that side of the ball. Again, I'm not trying to hype up the Vikings and say they're some great team by any means. They are not. They're tied with the Bears for last in the NFC North. I guess third in the NFC North right now. Like they are, a, this is not a great Vikings team by any means. But they're not like a, oh, the Bears are going to roll right over them the way they did the Commanders. Like I don't, I don't think... I don't think the Vikings are as bad as the Broncos and the Commanders. Eventually, 
The Vikings have to stop turning over the ball. It might not be this week. I mean, Kirk Cousins has fumbled five times. They fumbled 10 times as a team, plus four interceptions. Like, they've, they've had some really bad turnover luck, and that might not stop just yet, but it will eventually. And I think they will start to look a little bit more competent as the season goes on. And maybe they, I think they're looking at the Chicago Bears as a get-right game, much like they looked at the Carolina Panthers two weeks ago as a get-right game. They also, they haven't lost by more than, I'm doing the quick math, more than seven points in a game this season. So it's not like they're getting, you know, every single game they've been close in against really good opponents. And so like a team that's one and four, but been close against some really good teams versus a Bears team that's one and four, that's been smoked by a number of teams and blew it against the Broncos. You know what I mean? Like that's that's where I start to say like let's let's slow the roll here on assuming that the Bears are just going to be able to keep this going and absolutely roll through the Minnesota Vikings. They might still beat the Minnesota Vikings. They might still have back-to-back wins here. The Vikings might fumble it three more times and throw a pick and that that's all the Bears need. I mean, if if the Vikings turn it over that much, the Bears can absolutely win this game, especially without Justin Jefferson. Like I, when we do our crossover Thursday podcast tomorrow with Luke, I might still predict the Bears win this game. I'm not I need to do a little bit more digging for sure before I'm ready to give it a, an official locked on Bears prediction. But like, it's a very winnable game for sure. They might still win that game, but it's not going to be as easy as I think you might think when, oh, it's Jefferson's out and they're one and four. Oh, disregard the Vikings. We'll, we'll get the full scoop on tomorrow's crossover Thursday podcast. Maybe they beat the Vikings and they go into the Raiders game too. And it's like, whoa. Maybe they can string together another win here against a bad Raiders team. We know the Raiders with Josh McDaniels, and they're not super well coached there. They make a ton of mistakes, and Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't scare you. And the running game with Josh Jacobs, he's averaging 2.9 yards per carry this season, and it's pretty much just Devontae Adams, and they don't have a ton of other weapons, and their defense is vulnerable too. But, like, at the same time, this Raiders team did just beat the Green Bay Packers on Monday Night Football. Again, I'm not trying to hype up the Raiders as being a good team, but the Bears got smoked by the Packers. And the Bears are playing a team that beat the Packers that smoked the Bears. So, like, sort of through the the parody transitive property here, like, the Bears shouldn't go into Las Vegas thinking that they're all high and mighty when they lost to a team that the Raiders beat. Actually, the Raiders also beat the Broncos. You know what I mean? Like, the Bears have lost to two teams. The Bears have lost to both teams that the, the, Las, the Las Vegas Raiders have beaten. So, like, it's not like the Bears can go in there and feel, like, high and mighty all of a sudden. Maybe if you beat the Vikings, you're two wins in a row. Maybe you can start to feel a little more high and mighty. But the Raiders have the Patriots this week as well and should, in theory, win that game in the Josh McDaniels revenge game against a bad Patriots team. The Raiders will be 3-3 three and three going up against a Bears team that will either be 2-4 and four or 1-5. and five. So, like, it's hard to go in and be, like, confident that the Bears are going to roll over that team too, right? And then it gets real tough with the Chargers. They're a good offense. And then the Saints after that for the Bears. So just pumping the brakes a little bit on you won one game. That's great. We celebrated it during the start of the week and yesterday too, and why things are positive. And, and I want to make sure there's space for that. I also want to make sure that we don't get too carried away. We pump the brakes a little bit and go in with like a realistic approach of like, yes, the Bears could win their next two games and have a three-game winning streak. They could also revert back to the team that went 0-4 to start the season and start losing again because they still need to prove to us that they can sustain success. Again, yesterday was about how to sustain the success. Today is like, hey, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Tomorrow, Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings will join us to get the scoop on what's going on with the Vikings without Justin Jefferson this week, how beatable they could be then without that number one wide receiver. So make sure you come on back for that podcast tomorrow and hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts, because that's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we especially appreciate our everydayers that tune in 
five days a week to get your daily Bears fix. Come back for tomorrow for Crossover Thursday. Game plan for victory on Friday. We'll recap the Vikings game on Monday. And you got to come back every day for your next opportunity to bear down.